Welcome to the Red River Podcast, where we recognize our strength relies on our bond. It's a challenge to live this life on mission. So what does that look like as a wife, a mom, in my career, or just the typical everyday? Sponsored by Hookster Creek Ministries, our show unpacks the highs and lows as we share practical tips, uncover areas that most of us could work on, and thoughts on where to start. So grab a friend and I'll introduce you to some of mine when we engage in a coffee chat about how to live a missional lifestyle as an everyday child of the King. I'm your host, Candace R. Reyes, and you're listening to the Red Rover Podcast. Hey friend, welcome to the Red Rover Podcast. I'm your host, Candace R. Reyes, and it has been a minute since we got to hang out, guys, and I am so glad to be back with you. If you're new to our show, I took about two months off from the summer from podcasting and all the things because my middle child graduated last year and I just wanted to be mom and just spend time with her. And so I am so grateful for you guys for giving me that freedom to do that. But while we were on our break, our family got to travel to the Holy Land and that was so enriching. We've made a five-day pilgrimage through Israel and it will forever change the way I read scripture. On the Red Rubber podcast, we talk about the importance of reading God's word for ourselves. And after seeing scripture take physical form, reading my Bible will never be the same. I envision now these places that I have read about and, and I've seen physically. If you've ever gone to Israel, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you are wanting to go to Israel, I want to encourage you, take the adventure, take that pilgrimage, save the money and go for it because it will forever change the way you read scripture. If you are wanting to envision some of these places that we went to, we have a great opportunity for you. While we were on this trip, my husband is an artist and so he doesn't just take pictures. Oh no. He sketches them. That's right. He actually sketches these landscapes and these beautiful people as we are traveling along the Holy Land back to the hotel. Then he would he would paint watercolors on these images to enrich their beauty and color. Friends, we are selling these prints for a limited time to help us fundraise our new translation project. If you're interested to finding more about these prints and about our translation project, check out hookstocrook.com. That's right, hooks with the number two, crook.com for more information. Friend, today's episode is with a dear friend of mine, Rachel Adams. Writer and podcaster Rachel Adams started her ministry to help women realize their God-given purpose and significance. She and her husband, Brian, run a family business and a farm in Kentucky with their two kids, Will and Kate, and their two dogs. Connect with her through her website, rachelkadams.com, or on social media, or tune in to her weekly love offering podcast on any listening platform. Her devotional titled, A Little Goes a Long Way, will, will release in October of 2022. Rachel and I chat about what caused her to pause when she set out on this writing and podcasting adventure? Rachel shares a fear that she had that I think will resonate with a lot of us. And she also shares how she faced it and overcame it. 
I can't wait for you to meet Rachel and to hear her story. So grab some paper and a pen with her with your favorite cup. And let's dive into my chat with Rachel Adams. Hey, Rachel, thank you so much for joining me on the Red River podcast. Hey, Candace, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Well, I cannot wait for us to talk about this season's God is bigger than our excuses. And I'm honored that you're with me tonight. But before we start, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your own passion and how that's influenced your life. I love this question because it kind of recenters me on why I do what I do. And sometimes I think we can get lost on in the doing that we kind of forget who we're doing <laughs> it for and why we're doing it. And so this was fun to think about. And I think at, at the root of everything, what I really want my passion to be is I want to be passionate for the Lord. And I want to be passionate about the people that he's put in my life, which is my husband, Brian, who um, we've been married for 16 years in April. And um, he's put my two children, Will and Kate, uh, in my life. And then just, of course, my friends and my fellow church members and um, just my neighbors and the people that he's put in my life. So I, I, I just pray that my vertical relationship with God uh, really influences everything about the horizontal relationships that I have here on earth, because um, God has really, he's just changed my life like now and in eternity. And I just, I pray that I can help others to come to know him and to have a relationship with him too. That's incredible. And I love that. And to be honest, Rachel, because we do have a relationship, we have a friendship here and friends, I just want you to know, she's very authentic. And she does, she lives her life every day to point others towards Christ. And that is her mission statement for her. And I just love how she does that in an authentic way. Um, and Rachel, I would love to hear about a little bit about your timeline though. Cause I know, um, when we hear that calling to step out and whatever that may be for us, when did you actually embrace that calling? I feel like this is a, a continuous process. And I really want to be honest with everybody listening. Like this wasn't like I was saved and like I'm sold out. You know, it wasn't right. just like a, a, this transformation moment, like from point A to, to point Z, like already. And, and I feel like <laughs> right. I'm still still going. And so a little bit of, of my background, I, I was actually saved um, in middle school. I was at a Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames um, play, and I truly was saved out of fear. I, I, I mm. literally did not want to go to hell. I mean, and, and so I really believe that in that moment, um, I, I was saved. I believe it was a salvation experience, and, and I came to know God as my Savior, but it took me a, a very long time to truly want to, to know him as my Lord, to, to mm. really like surrender to him, to learn to know of, of him as my father. You know, like, I feel like he's still developing and, and, and showing me like a lot of his characteristics. And it really wasn't until I had my son, Will, who's now 13. So 13 years ago um, that, I, that I started to really just open my Bible and to read mm. the Bible and read his word and really get to know him and get serious about going to church regularly, not just, you know, on, on a holiday. Right. And um, once I started really going to church and I had someone invite me to women's Bible study, and then I started serving in my kids Awana class. And then uh, the women's Bible study director, she said, well, because you, all you young moms are serving in Awana, we'd love for you to, to also be poured into what do you think about having a 
Tuesday morning Bible study and Rachel, would you lead it? And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, like <laughs> I mean, I'm, a, I'm a baby believer here. Well, not really because right. I was saved in middle school, but, um, but gosh, to actually teach uh, the Bible, right. like, are you kidding? Um, but I, but I said, yes. And, and, I, and um, so I started, you know, just, it, I wasn't really leading. I was turning on the video of like Beth Moore and Priscilla <laughs> right. Schreier and Lisa right. first and just like facilitating, you know? Um, but d- during one of those sessions, I remember just this, this Holy Spirit prick of Rachel, you need to start um, just focusing and reading my word instead of mm-hmm. taking everybody else's word for what I have to say. Mm. And, and Candace, I actually remember you and I, we met at the Spark Conference last year. And I remember you saying, and I'm going to butcher this, but something to the extent of, it's like, why would I let everybody else date my husband and then let them tell me about like what he's like? Why wouldn't I just go on the date with him myself? Do you right. remember that conversation? Yes, yes, yeah. I do. Yes. And that, I mean, and that was over a year ago and I still remember you saying that. And, and so it was kind of one of those moments for me. And so I started, you know, the more I started to serve, I started just to sense just this fulfillment. The more I spent time with me and spent time with him and learned of his love. And, um, there was this moment that I felt like about five years ago that God woke me up in the middle of the night with this idea of the service project. Mm-hmm. And I had just read, um, the happiness project, <laughs> um, then, and I thought, gosh, there has to be so much more, to life than just making ourselves happy. What would it look mm-hmm. like to try to make other people happy? And so I started just writing, just out of just out of this simple idea. And fast forward, uh, a friend of mine went to She Speaks, which is a um, Proverbs thirty one Ministries uh, right. writers and speakers conference. For those that don't know, and yes. I got a proposal ready with that that book in mind. And so I went in two thousand and eighteen. And I met with um, agents and publishers and got rejected by every single one of them. And we can get more into that um, a little bit later, but they, one of the ladies that I spoke with, she really liked the idea of my podcast, which was called the love offering. And she said, I'd like you to, to work on that as a proposal and, and bring it back to me. So I went back, I did that and went back to She Speaks uh, 2019, and I actually signed with my agent there, but it's funny because Candace, she actually, she's like, oh, I don't really like your um, proposal, but I do like you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, okay. She said, would you be willing to um, just work on this with me? Like just to really brainstorm and come up with a good idea. So I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll work on this, not thinking that we would work on that proposal for two years Wow! before we would uh, submit it to publishers in 2021. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, I signed with my publisher now, Broad Street, and my first devotional release in October of 22 of this year. So all that to say, this, this writing journey, I mean, I, I, was, I feel like I was really serious about it for, have been serious about it for five years. Okay. Um, but then I, I really believe that like the, the five years before that, like God was just preparing my heart and preparing yeah. my family. And, and, and I, again, like my preparation is, is still not done. So right. uh, that's, that's, that's a long, long timeline, but I feel like it's all important that to yes. show like things, it was just like little yeses and little micro moments yes. that, that, that are, are still being shaped. Yes, absolutely. And I love that you, you highlighted that because I think so many times we, we think, okay, now that we have said yes, it should land in my lap. And that's not how 
God's journey typically works. It's usually those small little yeses, those small little uh, moments in our own path that we say, you know, he guides and leads and grows into whatever he's wanting to grow it that into. Right. And I love that in your story, you shared that you met with your publisher or you met with your agent, right? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, both. Yeah. Okay. And they both rejected me. Is that what and you're they, <laughs> Yeah. They, well, they first both rejected you, but mm-hmm. then you go back and you, you hone in on, you know, one of the things that one of the ladies told you to do, you work on it, you come back and she says, I don't really like your proposal, but I like you. And I think so many times when we get rejected, we think that they're rejecting us. Mm-hmm. And that is not at all what that rejection is. And, and so I'm wanting whoever's listening today, if they're needing to hear this, um, when you put yourself out there and maybe you don't receive the results that you were hoping for or even expected, God's not finished with you. and he's just wanting you to say yes. And even if you don't receive the response that you were hoping for, it's not you that they are saying no to. It's, it's just the proposal or just the, I guess the work at that time that you were doing, but you continue to, to hone in, you continue to do the things that God is asking you to do. And you'll find that that person that says, you know what, I value you and I'm going to walk beside you and strengthen these, these weaknesses that I see to make it better so that we can move forward with what God has called on your life. And that's what I hear Rachel in your story, which is so beautifully done. And it brings me to my next question though. You know, so many times we, we polled people recently about what stops you in the past from saying yes to that calling in your life. And we had so many different responses back that were so sweet and honest, but there was one in particular, before we talked, I sent the responses to you. And there was one that really seemed to resonate with you. And that was, I feel like a fraud. I'd love for you to share with us, you know, why was that particular response something that you resonated with? You know, I think because I, you know, I wasn't raised in church. Um, I, you know, don't have a seminary degree. I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm from a small town in Kentucky. I am a stay-at-home mom who, you know, most of my days I'm doing laundry and cooking meals and running kids from ball games to play practice to, and walking dogs. And, you know, I just, I guess I just feel so ordinary. And so, um, you know, like, nothing quite special about myself. If that's, I mean, I'm not trying to be just like a false humility. It's truly, you know, I just, and so, you know, when you walk into, especially after you have, um, you know, like there's so many women that I admire that are so accomplished and so further along in in so many respects, especially in this professional, this ministry realm. Um, and so, you know, going back to that, that first she speaks conference, for example, you know, I had never written a book. I didn't have Mm -hmm. a big platform. I still don't, you know, I still don't. And I I walk into this room of hundreds of women, all with the same dream. 
And all, so many of them are, are talking to each other and I don't know anybody and I'm alone. And, uh, you know, you, you just look around the room and you, you can start to think like, gosh, I, I do not belong here. Um, and that's a hard feeling to, you know, uh, to <laughs> reconcile with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and even still, I mean, that was five years ago. And, you know, we, we mentioned that you and I, we went to the Spark Conference in Dallas and we just went to the, the other one in Nashville a couple weeks ago. And I actually had a, a meeting with um, my publisher and uh, the owner of my publisher, publishing house. And um, <laughs> it was, uh, I was, we were at central time. He was in mountain time. I was in Easter time. I missed my meeting. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember he had given me 10 minutes and I was so distraught over that because, you know, again, it goes back to like, not feeling like I belonged. Like here's this professional man who owns the publishing company and there's a little old me, you know, and, and I messed up this meeting and I don't belong and my time's not as valuable as his. And I mean, I can hear all the lies that I'm spewing out of my mouth. I mean, I can (laughs) recognize it, but in the moment you can feel so small. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I guess all that to say, I'm, I mean, I'm still struggling with this Candace. It's still, when you get out of your comfort zone, um, and you kind of look at the world through the measuring stick of culture, mm-hmm. um, I can still get lost in those, in, in those things and feel like a fraud, but I will say, um, you know, God has such a, a sweet and kind way of reminding us of, of who we are in him mm-hmm. and that, you know, he's, he's not a fraud and he's made us in his image. And so we have his, his very same characteristics. And so I know, um, that I'm special and in his sweet way to redeem so many situations. Now I do go to conferences and I can look around the room and I see a lot of familiar faces, you know, and I can talk and I, and I, but now I'm so much more empathetic to those women that maybe are like me five years ago. They're like, I know nobody in this room. And so, so many times I want to find those women. Cause I'm thinking, oh, I bet they're feeling just like I was five years ago and still do some. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's so good because you're right. We all struggle with feeling ill-equipped, right? And, and being a fraud in a way to um, not being able to know anybody. We're, it's outside of our comfort zone. So I love that you spoke on that because what would you say to that lady who is listening today, who is struggling with, I feel like a fraud. And is there a scripture that maybe you have held on to in those moments? Cause you know, the, the enemy is very crafty and he, he likes to creep into our thoughts. You spoke on that. And how can we, is there a scripture that can help that person um, just remember the truth to eliminate that thought and replace it with the truth? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, going back to that very first She Speaks conference after my, I mean, it was, it was one of those, it was just such a terrible meeting (laughs) of being on this. And so I walked out of the meeting um, with this acquisitions editor and I went back up to my room and uh, literally I just wept before the Lord. It was like, God, I heard you wrong. Like, I I know, I, I, like, how did I misconstrue and get so far off? Um, off course. And, 
as God would have it, for whatever reason, I thought, you know what, I need to turn on some worship music. And Mm -hmm. so God, um, I feel like Lauren, you know, Lauren Daigle's song came on and Mm it was, it begins by saying like, I keep fighting voices in my head telling me I'm not enough, you know, all the, these, these negative um, voices from the enemy. Um, but then it says, but God says you are loved, you are held, you are, um, his. And so I think it's so important. And, and in that moment, instead of packing up my suitcase and then going home, I, I, I pulled up my big girl pants and, and I, and I stayed and I'm so glad I stayed. And, you know, and I think, I think it's, it's so common for us to feel inadequate. And, and you asked about a, a scripture. And so I, you know, God used worship music from Lauren Daigle to, to keep me back on course, but he also, he uses scripture. And one of um, the people in the Bible that I really resonate with is, is Moses, because, you know, when God called him his first, you know, he started making excuses, like, who am I? And mm-hmm. I'm not eloquent. And what do I have to say? And, um, but God doesn't, God doesn't give all the affirmations that Lauren Daigle did and that he can give us, but he just said, you know what? You're not, he didn't say that, but that's, he said, I am God mm-hmm. said, I am. And I think that that's what we have to hold on to is like, we may, we are weak. Like Paul says, we have these thorns in our sides, but, but, but he, God, you know, we can boast in our weaknesses because that's when God is strong. That's when he gets all the glory. And so I just take such encouragement by knowing that God is with us in it all. Mm -hmm. And then even, you know, moving forward in Moses's story, when he's like, God, I just can't do this. Mm -hmm. He already had Aaron as a helper on his way. And so, you know, I think that that, that speaks to me on so many levels, because I think that we can come along um, each other in our journeys to, you know, when we're, when we're doubting and and wanting to quit and wanting to give up and feeling like frauds or whatever our excuses are that we make, that we can come alongside one another and, and encourage and lift each other's hands and that God has somebody already on the way. And even if it's not an Aaron or whoever it may be in our own lives, you know, moving forward again in their story and they come up against the Red Sea and, 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 and it seems impossible, whatever is ahead of them that God is asking them to do seems impossible. God says, be still, like, I'm going to fight for you. I'm with you still. And I'm going to let you, I'm going to help you cross to the other side, like just follow me and and keep moving. So, um, his story specifically all the way through Exodus, just, I, I just so resonate with, with his feelings of inadequacy, but leaning on the Lord and leaning on other people to help him get through. I love that. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he kept saying, I'm inadequate to speak. I, I, I don't have a, I can't speak in front of crowds. I can't. He also just, you know, he knew his past. He knew his, what he's did in, in Egypt, you know, why he had to flee. And so now God, you're asking me to go back to a, a place that I didn't want to have anything to do with, you know, but God is so gracious and he is so kind. And I love that he did bring Aaron into, um, into the mix to, to be that helper for him, to give him, um, just that confidence that he had somebody with him. Right. And the fact that you you used music, that's a sweet spot for me. Um, Lauren Daigle is a phenomenal singer and, but 
in, in Philippians 4, it talks about, you know, cast all your anxiety upon, upon him and do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. And, and he will give you the peace that surpasses all our understanding. And it's through Thanksgiving though, that we receive his peace. And the fact that, you know, you went to, to singing in the midst of just your storm, that's such a beautiful illustration of what God is asking us to do, especially when we're feeling down and out, to go to worship and remind ourselves of who we serve, who God is, because it's there that we receive that peace that we need to continue to move forward and to stay and to be to be firm in in what he's called for us to do. So I love that. In fact, um, it took me about seven years to actually say yes um, to, to the calling that God has placed on my life. And um, the reason why it took me so long in my story was the fact that I had two different types of fears and they were pretty much opposite of each other. Uh, the fear of failure and the fear of success. Do you resonate with any of those, uh, with either one of those? And if so, which one? I love this question so much because it's honestly, I mean, I, I, I automatically, I was like, oh, it's feel, fear of failure. Um, mm -hmm. And especially in the beginning, and I still fear that, you know, I, I, as I mentioned earlier, it's like, I'm fearful that I don't have what it takes, that I don't have the skills, that I don't have the knowledge, that I don't have the time, that I don't have the intelligence, you know, to succeed. And, and, and I think that, um, I think that that doesn't go away, but what I realized is that really all of those fears are based on maybe my fear of man. Mm. And it took me a while to kind of come to the conclusion that I really just wanted to honor God more than I wanted to honor man. And it's like this, um, when you think about fear, it's this reverent fear of, of God, like mm. that I just wanted to obey and say yes to him, uh, to what he was calling me to do. Because honestly, now my biggest fear is failing God. Like, I, mm -hmm. I don't want to get to heaven one day and see him face to face and, and him say, Rachel, why didn't you do what I asked you to do? Mm -hmm. You know, like I had all of this for you and you were too scared to fail and didn't trust me that I would catch you. Um, and, and so I, I just, I, now I've reached this, this point where I want, um, for him just to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Like, I'm mm -hmm. so proud of you. And, um, but I think something when, because I had never really thought about the, the fear of success, but I'm so glad that you prompted me with that thought because, you know, all through the Bible and, and specifically I'm thinking, well, even Moses, let's go back to Moses. He had in my mind, a very successful life. And even he kind of at the pinnacle at the very last moment of his life, he, he disobeyed God. Like mm -hmm. he didn't carry out all by striking the rock instead of, um, you know, he struck the rock as himself and he, he wanted to glorify himself. Um, and, and then I think about David, how David was a man after God's own heart and did so much for his kingdom for the majority of his life. And then when he stayed home and didn't go mm -hmm. out to war and got complacent and didn't just, you know, keep the fire under his, uh, under his belly, he, mm -hmm. he then that's when he sinned with Bathsheba. And right. so I guess I just want to, I feel like that the, the more success you, you gain, um, you can start to get complacent and, and it's like the, 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 the farther you then fall. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've seen people just in ministry and in life in general, that they reach those, you know, earthly pinnacles of success. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't, 
I want to guard myself so much from starting to just glorify myself and, and, and not glorify the Lord. And, and I'd never want to get complacent and stop disobeying him. So I guess I still have the fear of failure. I don't want to mess up that, you know, I even was honest with you before this episode, you know, I, right. I worry about the words and how, um, I, I want, I, I pray that they're edifying to the, the women that are listening and, and glorifying to God. So I still fear that it's not gone away, but I think it definitely is, is shifting. Well, have you been able to see during this journey, Rachel, um, because the fear of success was something that I, I also struggled with. And what I realized is that God is so good and, and how he prepares us for these different, um, seasons in our life and how he cultivates our pace. And one of the things that, uh, for me, I'm seeing along my own journey is that if, as long as I stay at his pace, he maintains the growth right? He maintains the fruit that comes from um, this journey. And I'm so grateful for that because, you know, you've seen those overnight successes, but you also see those overnight successes get burned real quick as well. They kind of just, they, they, they fall. Some of them have. And um, in your own life, are you seeing how God is interceding for you and maintaining your pace? And if so, what kind of things have you seen in your own life that highlight that? Uh, yeah, I, I 100% believe that God, um, he's always intervening, um, in in my life. And I, and I really do believe that like his nose that I mentioned earlier, you know, Mm -hmm. and I just, I was so badly praying, you know, Oh, I want to be signed by this agent, or I want to be signed by this, this publisher, I really believe that was for my protection. I was not ready. I mean, I still don't know that I feel ready, but I, I really do believe his nose were for my protection and his not yet were for my preparation. You know, had my book been published when I first submitted it, I don't think the message was ready. Like it, it, I feel like the message that it is now is so, so much stronger. I mean, I'm sure five years from now, I'll look back on it and think, gosh, you know, it, you weren't ready. You thought you were, but you weren't. Um, so I really do believe that it's his protection and, and his uh, preparation. And, um, and then even spiritually, I feel like it, it's preparation. And I think back to our conversation on Moses, you know, he was born a Hebrew. He was raised by an Egyptian. He then, you know, murders a, an Egyptian and flees to Midian and, Um, then he learns to be a, a a shepherd. He was a nomad. And so God, even in those seasons that seemed hard and, um, he was able to then prepare his heart to live in the desert so that he, then he could lead the Israelites later through the desert and go to Pharaoh because he was a prince. He was familiar with, with the Egyptians. And so I, I really do believe while so much of what we go through doesn't maybe make sense and we don't understand the pace and why we're going what we're going through in, in hindsight it's much easier to see like gosh god i did see um you slowing me down and and i'm so thankful that you did and that you didn't give me the yes because sometimes i really do believe our unanswered prayers are his way of actually giving us the more than we can ask for or imagine amen amen i love that 
Thank you, Rachel, so much for joining me today. I have had so much fun talking with you. And friends, I know you have probably gained a lot of little nuggets of wisdom and and you're going to want to find out how can I be a part of Rachel's like social media and follow her and even check out her podcast. It is a super incredible podcast. So Rachel, would you please share with our people about your podcast where they can find out about that and also a little bit about your book as well, because I know it's coming out in October and I'd love for them to hear about it so that they can either go and find a copy of it or purchase it early. Yeah, so um, I have the Love Offering podcast that releases every Tuesday. We're in season four, and you know, just like we talked about earlier, it's it's one of those those micro decisions that end up. You know, you look back on it, you're like, gosh, God, how did I get so lucky? How did you know? How was this part of your story for me? Because I get to have just the best conversations, like I'm getting to have with you today with just so many women that are living out their their faith um, in love. I, we really explore. You know, we've got the, the the two greatest commandments is to love the Lord God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. But in our humanness, that's really hard to do. So how do we do that? And um, everybody's doing that in such different ways, um, you know, because we've got different talents and skills and experiences and, and all the things. So that is such a joy um, to be the host of that. And then my devotional comes out in October, and it's titled A Little Goes a Long Way. And it's 52 days to a significant life. But truly what I, my hope for that devotional is that women will realize they're already living a significant life. They just don't realize it, that um, all the little things that we do every single day, although they seem ordinary and mundane and like they may not make a big difference that they're too small to, that God takes everything, every conversation, every prayer, every meal, every act of courage, um, he, he's going to take it all a long way for his, his glory and for his kingdom. So I would love to, to stay connected with every woman listening. You can find me at Rachel Adams author on social media. And then Rachel K uh, is my website. Fantastic. And you can also find her on Instagram and Facebook, and we will be putting those in our links in the show notes below so that you can find Rachel easily. Rachel, again, I am so grateful that you joined me today and friend, remember When you say yes, let your yes be your success and give God the rest. Till next time. All right. Here's the last question I need to have you answer. When I say let your yes be your success and give God the rest, what does that mean to you and how does that play out in your life? Yeah, I think that God probably defines success much differently than the world defines success. And I believe that he is more interested in who we are becoming uh, than necessarily what we are doing. Uh, Everything, every yes is just another way to maybe be sanctified and to develop our character, to become more holy and, and more like him. And so I think it's, it's just continues to develop our faith and our trust in him And, um, when we just trust him with the outcome and continue to say yes and obey the Holy spirit promptings that he gives us, I believe that, that, that is a a successful life and one that he will end up saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Beautiful. Did that make sense? That was totally off the cuff. I can redo that. 
I had so much fun today chatting with our guest, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you found it useful and you were thinking about someone who might need to hear it as well, will you share the will? Yep, that's right. Maybe that's the one way God is asking you to live that missional lifestyle today by telling someone about our episode. Maybe nobody's coming in mind, but you're wanting to help. Would you write a short review? Your review invites others to listen in. See, there are easy steps to living that missional lifestyle. If you're interested in learning how Hooks to Crook Ministries makes an impact globally, check us out on hookstocrook.com. Again, that's hooks with the number two, crook.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. And remember, your yes to God is your success. How it impacts the world, well, that's his. So continue living that missional lifestyle as an everyday child of the game. Till next time.